nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me tonight, Rafa. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Doing all right here. Uh, and down on the bottom, uh, Robert, uh, what's going on? I am doing spectacular. The work week is over. Time to enjoy the weekend, spend some time off, enjoy family, friends. And so you footies. say it's time to pop a top. So I think this is one week where it paid off for everybody's schedules to uh, <laughs> to uh, not work out. Uh, Royce was scheduled to be on, but uh, Royce was unfortunately not getting his uh, schoolwork done. So uh, unfortunately, he has to stay late at the office uh, on a Friday night. So uh, Royce, uh, miss you. Ho hopefully you're doing all right, and we'll see you next week. Sunday, not. Monday, we'll probably have to discuss because uh, we got a game on Tuesday uh, against Colorado. Um, <clears throat> initial thoughts on the week. Uh, we'll start with you, Robert. Uh, what's your initial thoughts? I mean, basically, like, uh, I'm just I'm ready for the, the game. It's been a minute. Uh, like I said, I missed the last one. I was at uh, some football contest, so I'm even more eager about tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of take a look at uh, Johnny handball and give him some hell and <laughs> hopefully put, you know, pull out three points. It's always the goal. Rafa, how was your week? Uh, good. Just looking forward to this game to kind of seal the deal with, against New Mexico, give, give them a bump in the road and hopefully clinch that, that uh, the Copa Tejas shield too. I think we're like close to it. And then also getting closer to clinching the Western Conference as well as the number one seed. Yeah, as far as the shield, we're one point away, I believe. Uh, so if we win, uh, should clinch it. Um, or if Austin drops any points, I know they won uh, midweek uh, for here against uh, RSL, which uh, <coughs> Diego, uh, excuse me, uh, Diego started. Uh, the player from um, El Paso, although uh, he's thinned out a little bit going up to uh, to uh, uh, Salt Lake here compared to being in El Paso. So, no more uh, Chico's tacos favorite. for him, I guess. <laughs> stick to the gullet. They'll stick to the gullet. <laughs> so, Matt, hello. Let's go. Uh, that's right. So, let's get in into it here. Uh, let's uh, talk about San Antonio. San Diego, uh, I guess we could start with the lineups here. Let me see if I can get this pulled up here correctly. Uh, I didn't have that page saved up here. And then we'll do that here. 
So while I'm pulling this up here, uh, Rafa, you want to talk about the lineups here? Yeah, this you know lineup was a little bit different because we had some injuries up top. Uh, even the formation was a lot was different. We, you know, we went with a four four two, which made sense since we didn't have Patino and Dylan. So let's say we'll have a dead run up and 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 Nacho up. So it made sense. And then it was kind of caught off guard with Collier on the wing. I would think he'd be up top. You know, we'd maybe play a four three three, but I guess Marcina has confidence in him playing that outside, you know, midfield. And then I guess I read Peron on the other side, and then the the usual tandem of PC and Abu in the middle, you know, taking care of business. And then Maloney playing back. I think it's probably the first time he's played defense in a while because he's been playing on the wing <laughs> for mm-hmm. all season long. So he drops back because we still have that injury with Garcia, and then like I said, we have Tanner. Uh, Manly and then also Gomez to round up the back four, which and then with Jordan there in the in the in the box. So like I said, it was an interesting lineup. I guess maybe that's something that Marcina kind of game plan because I know how they game planned on us the first time around. I so said maybe okay, let me kind of give them a taste of their own medicine and see get, do a game plan on them and see what they what they can react because it did hurt us. Like I said on on certain on the first game on certain areas, which we'll talk about. And the re- uh, we also don't got to forget Jasir uh, Kamiri was out due to mm-hmm. yellow card suspension uh, for that here. Uh, uh, Fabian Garcia was out um, as well with injury. So a uh, th- li- little bit thin on center backs. And uh, if you uh, listen to uh, Pro SF- SAFC's uh, podcast this week here, they were also very happy that, um, that uh, Marcina didn't try to force um, somebody into a center back position that's not traditionally a center back like he, he you know he's done a couple of times so Robert I know you were uh, out uh, cheering on the Colts and Texans and, and you know that that wonderful uh, soccer match right because it ended up in a draw 2020 yeah it, it was a tie yeah. it was like a the worst part is I was trying to watch my Vikings like immediately after, and that was the game plan. Then it went to overtime. I was like, man, I just can't bail on my friends. <laughs> this is like sitting there. I had to pull it up on my phone. I'm like literally watching this game instead of what's going on in the one in front of me. No, but it was fun though. And I mean, to speak to the lineup, it's par for the course. Like as always, it's a new lineup, new people, new situation. And you can't, you can't ever like, I mean, you can criticize, but if you get the result, you get the result. So I mean, that's the bottom line. I think uh, SFC may not have their prettiest style, but we're results orientated. So, I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, I was happy about it. We'll, we'll just say Nicholas Murray. Um, I think you probably fired up uh, San Antonio FC by just saying that uh, um, they were, he almost insinuated that uh, San Diego was the better team. And along those lines, uh, <laughs> We got super lucky. It was we accidentally scored. <laughs> so kickoff. Decent crowd. I think one of the highest crowds attended. I know the video early doesn't show up, but uh and not unfortunately there isn't a lot to show in the second half, but I think the interesting thing about this game, we, I think this is the first time we played a four-back. Because mm-hmm. uh, mostly we've been playing three-back. I think this is the first game we ever played with a four-back. 
in a, yeah, in a while. And I think oh, early it showed. So Guido didn't take advantage, and we've seen this before. What a pass. I have to give I have to give credit to the goalie just for the save. Yeah. My shot by Collier. It's almost like if he could anything different that he could have done. Hold it back right there because that guy's committed to sliding. Pull it back. Oh. Camden really. <clears throat> yeah. Or if you look, I see where the goalie's at. Uh, he could have gone maybe near post. I don't think he would have anticipated the near post shot because he looks like he's ready. Because left, he's kind of almost out of position. Yeah, almost out of position. Yeah. So if he probably if he takes a shot near post, maybe he has. I guess he gets that one in. But that's a quality say, shot, though. It's, yeah, it's a quality yeah. shot. It's a good save by the keeper too. We're just nitpicking on it. Just yeah, you know, the reason why I asked that is to see if there's other other opportunities that they can do it. But I think this was a great foreshadowing on Collier's goal, though. By Looney. And I will say Nick Moon being subbed out in the 38th minute played a huge part in this game because, as we saw right there, yes. he, he, he was very creative. He is one of their better players. He's one of the better players in USL, and for them to lose, mm -hmm. lose him, lose him matter. Um, your thoughts on them losing Nick Moon, uh, Rafa, and how that kind of changed things for them? Yeah, th their strategy had to change a little bit because, like I say, he's kind of their go-to guy as far as setting up the attack. Um, you know, and but like I say, we're we're playing shorthanded too, so yeah. we're, you know we're out some of our top guns, so. You know, we still we still have to adjust, and but you got to say, you know, I think that affected San Diego's I think strategy as far as in their attack. They just they kind of look lost, and I except whatever whoever made the comment that they dominated. I mean, if you can watch the video, they without him they looked lost and couldn't get any, generate any type of offense. So okay, it's like he gives us fits all the time. Like even the last game, he was the one like more yeah. so their creator. The three guys that worry me in their team is among uh, Guido and then Moon. But when Moon went out, he's more the facilitator for that offense. And he was giving Gomez all he could handle, and even Manly this right. game and last. I thought I thought Gomez held his own, and, and like I said, unfortunately, you know, obviously we're not on the San Diego podcast. I did listen to Two Balls on Mike with Alan Underwood. Um, they didn't really mention. Now I think they record uh, Tuesday like we normally do. Um, so they hadn't had anything on there, but uh, to me, it looks like it was probably a fairly serious injury um, just because he got he, his foot got planted and it rolled on the knee. Hopefully it's nothing serious and, and, and speedy yeah. recovery for, for Nick Moon uh, for that, because if they did lose him for an extended period of time, that will unfortunately weaken their team, which, hey, that's not necessarily a bad thing as a San Antonio. Well, especially yeah. with that race with Colorado. You know, just yeah. being barely ahead of them. So, on to the goal here. Um, Tainer with the hockey assist, I believe. And he got that out a little bit wider this time. <laughs> Nacho flexing. I mean, that was a 
an amazing individual effort. Like individual, he won it, corralled it, and then buried it. And that's our offense right there. Lob it over the top. Let's that's what the ball. second one in multiple weeks where they've had that long direct pass. Yeah, like they lob it over the top, put pressure on you, and you make a mistake. That's the, the one thing is our forwards are very physical. If you saw how he kind of brushed them yeah. off the side. And, I mean, he did it the right way, too. So it wasn't like like it was a foul. I mean, he out-muscled him and got that ball, and it was able to bury that goal on the court. Yeah, Riley got treated like he was at RGV uh, last night. Or last week. Just missed. Yeah, yeah, Mong and Tanner were getting into it all night. Yeah. <laughs> so I won't lie to you, and I even tweeted this. I didn't think it was a real PK, but watching the video here, he he, he does clip him. Um, so I think it is. You know, uh, just it just looks reckless. The swing looks reckless. It makes it look worse than it was. He clipped him, but not right. Th right there is when he clipped him. Now I do think the San Diego player sold it, um, which is what his job is to do. Um, you know, for that here, so <clears throat> so Rafa wants to talk about the ball placement here. Um, and I believe it was you, Robert, that that told us uh, a little bit about. Leading up to the ball placement, uh, PC was uh, uh, improving the field. I don't know if that was you, I, but I heard somebody talking to me about it, that uh, PC was dancing a little bit in a certain spot uh, on there, uh, unbeknownst to the ref while he was uh, tending to other matters here. Uh, but, Roth, uh, go ahead, I, Robert. I was going to say, I, don't bring, I didn't bring it up, but, like, PKs are become almost like a mental back and forth there's so much like shit housery that goes on. Like you're bumping the guy, you're looking at him. And even Jordan said he stares in his face. Like each one has their little thing. They're just trying, it, it literally is like trying to throw him off their game, like a free throw in basketball. You're just, if you watch, they go up to the guy and just like say something in his ear, just the most random thing to get him thinking about something else. And it, uh, it breaks his concentration. That's the key to that stuff. Just playing mind games. Yeah, exactly. Rafa, like, your <laughs> thoughts, yeah. your thoughts about the placement of the ball. Yeah, if you can kind of see where the ball – I mean, you can see the shadow of the, or the circle where the PK is at. You can see the ball's leaning towards, you know, Jordan's right. And I, I, I think that gave away the direction of where the ball's going to go to. And then also kind of looking at him, you know, he didn't, he didn't look very comfortable or very confident taking the kick. And he, he wasn't, like, very energized about doing it and – just a great, great save by Jordan there to, to preserve the lead. And it's almost like his reaction, like when it was saved, he kind of like stalled a little. It's like, like you said, his he wasn't invested. Like as soon as he hit it, then he goes, ah, and then he reacted a little bit late. Guido? That's what the, you know, the, you know listening to, to um, uh, Alan and Two Balls and a Mike, that was their biggest complaint was his reaction. Um, yeah. Because Jordan did spill looked, the ball out. It was open. Yeah, Vassell gets to it yeah. before. He looks defeated, though. He looks defeated, yeah. <laughs> so. Like he quit on it. 
And one thing I can say about the PK is I'm really proud and excited that, I mean, it was Jordan's first save. And that's one of the criticisms, if any, that you hear about him is that his PK ability. Like in, in the past, I've heard rumblings about that. And it's good to build confidence because, once again, that situation is straight mental. And once you have the confidence, it, it makes a world of difference. World of and difference. I, I will say this. We looked at the stats uh, for the loyal uh guido that was his second attempt uh you know he made the first one missed the second one but san diego on the year is um four for eight so they're 50 percent on pks which in my opinion is you know it's something that's that that's i don't good. know if they're not working on it or you know they're just like san antonio was uh 27 i think it was 2017 right where you know if it became to PKs, it was like crap, um, you know, for that here. But looking at the stats, 43-57 on possession, not shocking. We had 16 total shots, uh, four, uh, four on target. They had 11, five. Um, you know, we did have five to two corner kicks here. We were offside four times. Uh, fouls 15 to 13, so pretty even. Um, only one yellow card uh, for us um, and two, but that yellow card, uh, when we get to it, will could become very important down the road. They did miss one big chance. Uh, passes, uh, we were at 70%. They were at 76. Long balls, we completed 27 out of 68. They completed 33 out of 69. Um, you know, 21, uh, 21 tackles to 20 for them. Interceptions, 16 to 9 on the midfield, and they had 16 to 13. I thought it was a fairly close match. Could have went either way. Um, I thought it was a fair result. Uh, for that here, um, your thoughts on San Diego and San Antonio. I know for me personally, I would love to see both of these teams at full strength because we have not seen that yet. Um, but your thoughts on that? I can say, like I said, the first, it's like the first game we're not at full strength. We had academy players on the bench, and but we ran out of gas, like I said, right after halftime. Like to keep them 0 0 was a it was just show that you know we have. Our team can kind of mix it up with them. I think this this game was going to be a, a different result. I think we were going to go out there trying to kind of flex our muscle, try to get. And like I said, as long as we got the lead, I think I think that was going to play into San Diego not doing well, you know, because they're not very they don't play well from behind. And when we when we I think we haven't lost a game when we scored first, so that just shows. That, well, when we've scored at all, period. Yeah. The only time we've lost is when we've been held scoreless. Yeah. So it just shows that getting the lead is important for, you know, setting the pace of the game and so forth. And especially, like I said, keeping our defensive shape once we score, we gave them fits. They really couldn't really muster up anything. I know they had a couple, some chances, but still, you know, it wasn't much of a threat. And, and then they were, they looked frustrated at the court towards the end of the game. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't get anything going. So, so that's a good result for us. And like I said, maybe, you know, we're at full strength. Who knows what's going to happen if we do meet up, meet up, and maybe in the in the semifinal or in the final. And to be fair, probably why they're a little bit frustrated is in their last five, they've only won one and lost four, and that includes a one zero loss to Birmingham, a three one loss to the Roots, three one loss to Monterey Bay, and then a one zero loss uh, to us. So, or San Diego. Um, not the best uh, form right now, which has allowed Colorado Springs to kind of sneak back uh, uh, into contention for that, that second slot. 
uh, for that here. Um, for San Antonio, the biggest thing is, is it puts them 11 points clear with a game in hand uh, for the race for the for the number one slot uh, for that here. Um, so before we get to player news and looking ahead, I guess we should probably just go ahead and look at the standings here since I have them up. So looking at the East right now, uh, Louisville City is uh, in is is in first place at 60 points. I've already credited Memphis with winning. They're up 3-0 on Charleston in the first half. Of course, if that changes, uh, you know, you know, I'll look foolish. But uh, uh, giving them the th- giving them points because they are at home and, and they are playing Charleston, and, and I don't see them coming back. Although Charleston did pull off a win against the Rowdies last week, if that makes sense. Uh, Rowdies in, in third at 54 points. Birmingham Legion tied with them at 54 points, but uh, they played two more games than the Rowdies. Uh, Pittsburgh uh, lost uh, two Riverhounds on Wednesday, on Wednesday, so they're at 52. So fourth and fifth, uh, that'll be to me that'll be a must-watch match uh, in the first round of the playoffs. It's just to determine, uh, determine who probably who probably will uh, host the match. Uh, Miami FC, uh, Detroit City. Really, the last two spots. I know they haven't clinched as of yet, but looking at the uh, max points, uh, both of them could most likely clinch this week because uh, Indy's max points is at 50 uh, points, and uh, Detroit City's at 46. So, odds are that's the seven. The order of the seven. You know, I think the top three. You know, you could probably still see a little bit of order. I think fourth or fifth. You know, I think those two are set now, determining which order and and. Miami, Detroit City, you know, who finishes six, who finishes seven, does it really matter? Uh, well, I guess it does if you have to go to, go to Tampa or go to Memphis. So I guess that, that does matter um, along those ways. Looking out Miami, west. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Miami, it's on a little little streak right there. So I don't know if Tampa Bay really yeah. wants to face them. They're, <laughs> they're beginning the right time. Yeah. They and, Miami, yeah. and Miami and Tampa are our rivals, so that would be – uh, a very interesting, um, interesting match uh, to to uh, to see. <clears throat> Looking out west, uh, San Antonio um, at this point's running away at the west. I don't, I don't think there's any any dispute. They're the only team that has clinched the playoffs uh, because the west is still crazy. Uh, San Diego, Colorado Springs, within a point of each other, 52, 51 points. Uh, Sacramento game in hand, so don't sleep on them, uh, which we'll see next week um, uh, at 46 points. Uh, New Mexico, who we face this week's at 42. So if they continue their slide, they could slide uh, slide down into the contention. Uh, El Paso's at 40 points. Uh, Vegas didn't play because their field got flooded because they don't check the field and they had a pipe break, and by the time they caught it, it was too late. Uh, Vegas is being Vegas. At 37, Galaxy, uh, you know, they lost uh, to uh, Orange County. And our fan favorites, uh, Judd, got a red card. And Harvey got a red card, which Harvey's ended up being a three-game suspension. So it was a major, uh, uh, major uh, red card. The team's a bunch of dirt. They're a bunch of dirt bags. (laughs) Uh, RGV's on a roll. Uh, 36 uh, points. Uh, the Roots at 36 points. Uh, watch out for Monterey Bay at 27 games, 35 uh, points. Uh, rising. 
they're still letting them hang in it despite the results uh 32 um i know the land of rising is not happy with a whole lot of things right now and the defending champs uh got a double victory over la galaxy they won on saturday and then this week here they at least got their stadium for one more year uh we'll have to see what happens after 2023 but i think for them at least that gives them time to put together plans and stuff if you know if it can't be worked out i know relationships between the city of irvine and orange county uh probably soured quite a bit just with the uh <laughs> relationship um i love how the city of irvine's like hey you know you don't have to be mad at us we didn't do anything you know well, when when evidence shows the other way so um uh but uh they're, you know it's a public pressure they're caving to the <laughs> that's what poli well, politicians hate they hate that well, is the pressure, and then to me, how are you putting a MLS two team that doesn't draw in, into the stadium? I understand they want more points. I understand that they want to. They'll probably put turf on it. It wouldn't shock me if next year that you see turf turfs on the field and as opposed to grass, which they want to be able to use that field as much as they can. So um, it makes sense. And to be honest with you, I've said this on Twitter. I do think turf fields, especially in the lower leagues, are <clears throat> going to become probably more of the norm, and, and and it's not just going to be here stateside. I think you're going to be seeing that, uh, you know, throughout throughout the major leagues as well uh, for that here. So, playoff wise, though, to kind of look out for El Paso doesn't control their destiny despite them being six. They have their max points fifty two. Uh, Monterey Bay at fifty six. RGV at fifty four. Uh, Trump them. Vegas at 55 points, but without Trejo and, and others, I question whether they're going to hang into it. So to me, don't sleep on Monterey Bay, RGV uh, sneaking into the playoffs once again. Uh, you know, well, RGV once again uh, for that here in Monterey uh, doing the roots uh, last year and sneaking in. So uh, which would be kind of interesting. Colorado and, and San Diego would face RGV or Monterey Bay. So. Lots to lots to pay attention to um, on that here. So let's turn to some San Antonio FC player news uh, for that here. If I were to ask you guys today, if San Antonio was going to bring in a position for a player, I'll ask you Rafa first, and then I'll ask you Robert. What position do you think that they bring in? I would think center mid. I mean, we are kind of in there. You got a playmaker, but <laughs> we don't Robert, always get what we wish for. <laughs> Robert, if uh, prior to the news, if you thought San Antonio was bringing in a player, what position? Center back. I just think, like, with the injuries, to me, it'd be the position, like, not necessarily to start, but to, like, you know, like, uh, tie us over until the other guys get healthy. I saw Garcia back, so. That made me excited, or at least in practice. So hopefully that translates to him coming back soon. But center back is the one that kind of shot out to me. Unless something is, and we we talked about it. <laughs> so unless there's something we don't know or we're about to know. Well, San Antonio threw a wrinkle, um, and they added Jack Lynn, who is on loan from uh, Orange County, or pardon me, not Orange County, Orlando City B uh, of the MLS uh, Next Pro League uh, in, in uh, Orlando City SC. Um, you gotta, you gotta like, uh, you gotta like Jack's numbers. Um, he's the leading at, scorer in the MLS next pro. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he ended up finishing third. Uh, oh, did he? he? I had, thought he was he up there. Had, he was. He finished third. He was leading. Um, he had 15 goals in 18 matches, four uh, four assists. Um, I reached out to uh, you know Phil Brooms, uh, you know who used to run the USL show uh, before uh, his team decided to go to MLS, uh, which will kick off next week or next year. Um, but he mentioned Jack is a classic number nine poacher, gets in good positions, relentless, and of course athletic. A uh, good finisher. I think he's similar to Dom Dwyer, but not you know you know you know he wasn't sure if uh, another person that I tagged into it. Um, and as you as you mentioned, he was the leading scorer in MLS uh, Next Pro till he got hurt. So, <clears throat> which brings into questions here. Dylan and Patino are on the uh, injury list. The other caveat to uh, uh, Jack Lynn. Um, to be eligible for postseason play, he has to play in five matches before uh, he has to play in five matches, one of which has to be before the uh, cutoff date, which is September 23rd. So technically, San Antonio has six matches left, two before that match. So you have uh, New Mexico uh, on Saturday and Colorado Springs on Tuesday. So um, if if San Antonio is planning on having him play in the postseason, you got to figure he's going to be in at least one, even if it's a late, late sub, because he cast, he can't just be on the 18. He's got to actually appear, uh, appear on the field. So, you know, uh, you got to figure Marcin, if he's not playing him up front, we'll be saving a substitution late in the game to, to get that uh, check mark uh, cleared here. But uh, is he going to be our Antoine, Antoine Griezmann, like an Atletico <laughs> trying to save some money? <laughs> no, it's a, it, it's a foregone conclusion. He's going to get his minutes. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. bring someone this late in the season with the yeah. intent of not like, and and it may, and I'm really hoping, like we talked about, my thing is I'm hoping they're going all in to deal with some of the fatigue, some of the injuries. Hopefully it's nothing more major than that. Like someone <clears throat> going back to on loan or <laughs> like, or an injury is more severe. Yeah, that, that's, I'm not going to little... put it out there, but yes, we won't talk about uh, somebody uh, going back, but uh and I don't really want fatigue. like the alternative of somebody being hurt, but Dylan and Patino are on the injury list, um, and especially Dylan, he absorbed a lot of minutes uh, early in the season mm-hmm. with all that wear and tear. Um, and you have to wonder if maybe something, maybe something just kind of caught up. And then uh, Rafa mentioned, all in. Rafa Wait, mentioned Patino does have yeah. a little bit of an injury history. Yeah, well, here's the thing, Lana. Now it kind of dawned on me, you know, for him being a poacher. You know, playing the number nine, that's that's Patino's spot because you have Dylan right. on the outside, so it may not be more of the Dylan, maybe more of the Patino. Since because remember, Patino's been out twice with that that injury, and I'm wondering if he re-aggravated it again. And they said, you know, for if you're gonna sub somebody for that position, you know, that's that's Patino's position. Because you have a Deuteron on the outside, you have Peron on the outside, you know, Dylan plays the outside, Collier plays the outside. So our number nine, like I said, you know, is Patino. And if he's gonna play that number nine, then there's something wrong with Patino's first injury wise. And maybe, maybe, or maybe they're saving him, you know, for the playoffs. You know, they want to keep, you know, manage his minutes and just say, hey, let's get somebody else that can do some damage these last few games, and then he'll be ready to go for the playoffs. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's always kind of been in a pitch count, though. If you think about it, like, you know, he, Patino hasn't played a full 90 for, for my recollection. Uh, so. He did play the, he did, uh, the, the Oakland game, did. 
but but typically like they've always had them like on a certain amount of time and they pull them out injured or not like so maybe this is another way to kind of manage his minutes you know get someone else who can poach and who can score and and like i was telling harry I, maybe we're just going all in maybe it's a situation where you know we're realizing we have an opportunity to you know potentially do bigger things so let's bring in every possible asset we can you know that that's and, i'm hopeful as a fan and i think for you know you know for uh, jack um it'll be good for him to kind of get that step up because you know he's hoping to take that next step with with orlando city next year um and you know postseason minutes uh, assuming that he's going to be on the roster and, and on the pitch uh, for somebody that's that's been able to get braces and hat tricks and, and stuff fairly, you know, I want to say fairly easy in MLS Next Pro, um, it'll probably be good to see him face some quality. Um, I did did also get some information that he has also played USL Championship before, um, you know, when he was in the academy. So this is a league that he is somewhat familiar with uh, for that here. So, uh, you know, it's it, it'll be interesting. I think it caught everybody off guard that San Antonio FC brought in a player. But I think you know if you're if you if you're bringing in players, you, you want to have that opportunity you know for them to play postseason uh, for that here. So there is one other topic that I do want to bring up here for you, and I haven't teased it yet. Uh, Tainer and PC yellow card troubles. Are you guys aware if you get eleven yellow cards, you sit two games, not one? Two games. Uh, Tainer's one card away, and, and of course, PC's two cards away. So, do you protect them? You know, do you protect them? And, and, and like I said here, I love Tainer, um, but that yellow card that he got, you know, against San Diego, and, and I think it was a valid yellow card, don't get me wrong. Um, it ends up being fairly huge, and even PC, um, you know, picking up, picking up that card, and as we've talked, you know, the schedule's not easy. You know, playing Sacramento, playing New Mexico, playing Colorado, uh, playing away at Birmingham and in Pittsburgh. Those are five, you know, still five playoff teams. Do you guys try to – you just let them roll with it or do you guys try, you know, try try to finesse the situation a little? I just have one question, though, like about what you're – before I answer is like, does that it resets when the playoffs reset? It doesn't it resets really when the playoffs reset. Yes. So, so at this point, yes, you just let it ride. You have five playoff teams. It's not like you got a Loudon and a or like one of those like horrible teams in the East. Where you can kind of manage it or try to figure out. Right now, you're playing all the same caliber teams on the road and the home. Let it ride. Let it ride. You play your game. You play to win, and let it let the cards fire where they may. Literally. <laughs> now here's the situation: Would you have to sign a player? Uh, uh, central another center back because of that situation, you know, just to kind of finish the season or are we expecting Garcia back to maybe, I could say, you know, for, for go in for Tainer to kind of avoid that a bit as well. Well, Matt or, mentioned uh, and Garcia and mm -hmm. Jonathan check mentioned that he was on, you know, he was back. I believe he said he was back on the pitch mm -hmm. last week. So I would expect that you're going to be able to see him. Um, you still got Manly, you still got uh, Kamiri, you know, so, you know, especially if you're going to a back four, and I don't know if you would against these teams here, I think you still got enough depth to be able to do that, um, you know, especially if Garcia's back healthy um, along those lines. 
Yeah, because even with PC also as well, I mean, you can probably start Nick and Hernandez for a couple games just to kind of avoid, you know. Yeah, PC to me, he's got two cards that he has to really worry about, but we know PC. Um... He's going to need another card or two. <laughs> he's just going to. <laughs> he just does. Like he, like, he can't play any other way. That's his nature. Yeah. But yes, as far as the playoffs, from my understanding, unless it's a red card on the last match, it does not carry over. Now, it may carry over to the following season, um, that first game. But for the playoffs, unless it's a red card um, in that last match in ours, which would be against Orange County, um, I don't believe it would carry over. Matt also asked, uh, do you think Loretta would the bye week? <laughs> would you sit out the bye week <laughs> on the red card? I think you got to play, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> any any other thoughts on Tanner or PC in the yellow cards? They're really the only two that that uh, are in any any uh, concern. I mean, just play your game. Like I said, like to me, I'm not worried about that. That's uh, that's what I've actually found like really positive in a way. Like we've gotten the cards like you're describing, but like it's not like last year or the year before. It's like it's like dumb red cards. It's just like ignorant. Play. Like they've literally played aggressive, but a controlled aggression to where like we, like you said, score a goal and then play a choppy game. It's going to get chippy, but they've actually found a way not to get to the point where they're like up 3-0 and obviously get a red card and we're tied 3-3 against RSL last year. It's they're finding ways to kind of control the aggression, but still play the way we need to. But the bottom line is like, you know, we can't play any other way. Because that's how we win. And we even brought it up in the other podcast, Harry, when we were in New Mexico. Like, uh-huh. you score one goal, and the game gets chippy and ugly, and you got to turn the TV off if you don't like chippy and ugly soccer. It's not going to be pretty 10, 10 passes in a goal. Like, don't look for that. <laughs> You're watching the wrong game if you want to see that. That's <laughs> what Don was complaining about again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just kind of touch base uh, – we did have an invite to uh, Jacob and Earl. Uh, unfortunately, both of them had things that popped up, so they were unable to come. And Seth mentioned uh, of Somos Moss uh, that he was unable to do it because he was coaching his his son's football team uh, for that here, which is understandable. Um, I know Friday nights is kind of hard to do uh, for that here, but head to head series, uh, three wins for SAFC, five for New Mexico, no ties. Really, the matches haven't been close outside of the April, uh, the April win um, in uh, New Mexico where we may have been gifted a penalty because uh, it was right on the line. Uh, but, foul. you know, we ended, we ended up uh, getting a 1-0 win there. And then, of course, the, uh, you know, uh, they got the, the 1-0 win, uh, the handball uh, against us. So when there is uh, – the close games typically there is something that go, goes wrong, but other than that, most of the matches are. Um, or actually, there was a 2021 September uh, 101 uh, for uh, here in Toyota Field uh, for New Mexico, but before that, it was 305 0, 2 0, 3 0, 4 2. 5 1. So, Wasn't it 5 1 or Piranha score twice? <laughs> uh, no, that was the 5 0 uh, in, in hmm. August, but. It, it's it's a series that um, New Mexico usually travels well. Um, hopefully, I get to talk with Peter, their owner, uh, before the mat, before the game here. Usually, um, I've been able to talk to him for a few minutes. He's one of the the better owners in the league, 
uh, that'll come to the Crocketeers tailgates and say hi. And then, you know, you know, I usually say hello to them at the stadium uh, for that here. I know they're missing their top scorer, Nico Brett, uh, who's out. They're dealing with some injuries. Um, Robert and I were on the show kind of talking about them. I think they're one of the older teams. They're having problems scoring. Uh, they feel a lot of it has to do with their midfield. Like their deep back defense is solid. The, they got some name brand forwards, but it's the midfield that's doing it. So, Robert, your thoughts on how San Antonio faces up against New Mexico and, and how you'd like to see them attack? The biggest thing is like, and we touched on it in that podcast, is like I want to see them come at them early, play physical, put one up on the board, and then just at that point, dirty the game, like literally like make it aggressive, make it choppy, and continue to make them press forward in hopes of making that second, if not third mistake. And then it gets to the point where they just throw their hands up like 6-0 Monterey Bay. It, <laughs> you got to frustrate them, make them make them not want to continue to play. And the biggest trump card that people don't talk about is playing in San Antonio, especially if you come from other environments. I mean, maybe not New Mexico, but the humidity. They have a huge advantage when they come here and you see those players start collapsing. I mean, Blanchett is it's a whole other story, but... That right there is a big, big uh, home field advantage. You're playing in a hot, humid environment. You're down 1-2-0. Do I want to continue? I mean, like I said, that that causes players to quit. Like, you know what? Let's call this game a wash and move on. So that's what I want to see. So the referee uh, has already been assigned. He's refed one New Mexico United game, uh, which was the Miami FC New Mexico United game uh, 3-0, which he issued seven yellow cards. And he was also the referee for San Antonio, Oakland, which was a 1-1 draw where he issued seven uh, seven yellow cards uh, as well. So um, solid referee just looking at it here. Usually five to, you know, five to seven yellow cards seems to be what his average is uh, for that here. So especially in a physical match like this. I remember it's that one New Mexico game where they had like 14 yellow cards and all they got red. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? I've never seen so many yellow cards in the game in my life. <laughs> it's like, what for you? What for you? <laughs> so, Rafa, how do you see this match going? I, I think for us, we, we need to be the aggressor. And like Robert said, we got to put one up on them. I, I think once we get up a lead, you know, we, we don't give them give up leads and so forth. We're pretty much secured the whole way. Um, I know New Mexico is going to be the district because like I said, they're, they're hanging on as far as with the playoffs, mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of sliding down and then especially with their injuries, our, our, our midfield is a lot better than theirs. And then if Abu and, and PC have to dictate the pace of the game, they, they got to be very accurate with their passing on the attacks to get in the feet of Sam and uh, Collier or Pirano or else we have on top, you know, just to create those chances and <clears throat> and and put and put them away, you know, because like I said, if we can put these guys away, great, we can sub out some of our player or some of our players because come Tuesday night we got another another tough one and, and that team's trying to stay, you know, at least host a game, you know, in the Western Conference, which is Colorado, because you know, said they're one point behind San Diego, so. Just putting these guys away. We've done it before. I think we can do it again. We just got to get on them, just kill their spirit, and 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 execute. And that's the, that's the thing. We got to execute and be, and make sure we're executing well on the passes on the attacking side of the field. Robert, uh, any any other comments that you have on 
the um, New Mexico match before we transition to World Cup kits. <laughs> I, see what, I see you working there. Well, <laughs> at this point, like we talked about on their podcast, I want to win this game with a, either a Patino, a Dennerin, even a Jacqueline handball to corral it and score. <laughs> it's payback time. And I'm going to look away. I'm going to say, I didn't see it. I was in the concession line or something, <laughs> or an Asante punch ball. Nah, but other than that, no, no. I mean, three points, healthy, we'll come out healthy, have fun. Like I said, maybe see some guys back like Garcia. Mm-hmm. All this stuff will be positive, so positive for the, you know, things going forward. I think that this game, we got to really flex our muscle, like show the other Western Conference when you come. You know, like I said, you have to, when you come here, you're not going to win. You're going to, you know, we're going to eliminate you in the playoffs. So, and that's, I think these guys are real important for us to build that momentum. And it's crazy to think big picture. You want to like still take an advantage over Louisville. Cause if we can, I don't want to talk about getting ahead of ourselves, but if you could host, I don't know what I want to talk about yet. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. All right. I'm just trying to find the best link of hits here. Don't do it. Don't do it Harry. There's no good link. There's not a good link about what you're, <laughs> you're about to show me. What you're about to show me. There's no good link. <laughs> All right, so we'll just Terrible. go with SB Nations. They didn't have England's England's kit, which is not getting very good uh, reviews, kind of like ours. So we'll, we'll start with England's England's kit. Uh, for that here, and this is from Daily Mail UK. Uh, for that here, I believe this is the white kit is their home shirt, or no? They yeah, that's like their group. home shirt. They don't like yeah, that's so okay. the home kit. Uh, for that's that here, okay. it's Nike. It's Nike, right? Yes, Nike. Right. I actually yeah, don't mind. Right. I like the color on the top. Now that one's you know, that was pretty solid. It. It's kind of plain, and then. Uh, that one looks like an old school Umbro, <laughs> like when we used to wear Umbro. Yeah, it's just nothing special, nothing yeah. not special. So then let's go over here. Um, no, SB Nation uh, ranked the kit. So the best, uh, the best of the best I'd wear. Uh, they have Qatar here. Um, I like the, kind of the stripes here, but I don't know if that's just the shading from them doing it. It's a Nike kit as well. Uh, I guess on the red kit seems kind of plain. Japan's, I like Japan's. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, even the home yeah. and and the and the way. That's weird. The prism. Look at me. France. Oh, France tends to be kind of plain, right? Mm-hmm. I don't. Except one when they used to be with Adidas, they had some good. Then some that really kind of popped their colors out. This one's kind of. When they're, I think the last, I think they're, their jerseys for the year, the last year was, I think those were a lot better than these. L3, those are horrible. We have the Independence Day today. <laughs> those are like doormats. Look, I got in a doormat. Well, that's what the, it, you know, I'll show Matt's comment here, uh, the U.S. doormat jerseys, but. Yeah. The, the only one Mexico is able to get against the United States is on the kit, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, Germany, we kind of talked about here. 
Um, those are slick. Their, those are slick. I even like this that's, one. The red. The red. Yeah, those are super creative. Yeah, that's way outside the box. Isn't there? They're white one, the white one. The home jersey looks kind of similar, like what Philadelphia Union has. Something. Yeah, I think they have a that has something similar to that. But that color pattern is a traditional German. Uh. Tier A that he would like, but not first choice. Brazil, the traditional yellow. Can't go wrong with that. The away jersey is uh, nice. The cheetah print on, on the side. I like it. <laughs> you try to I put a, have, a background to make it look good. You're going to see Vinny, Vinny Jr. dancing in that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That'll be popular in South Beach, I can guarantee it. Uh, Serbia, uh, kind of plain red. That's not good. What is that? Is that I'm glad we don't have terrible. those. It looks like a t-shirt. That wire looks like a t-shirt. <laughs> like with I'm some real logo on the front. Um, <laughs> that's not, that is horrible. That's, that's, an, that's next year's jersey, away jersey. Spain looks like, <laughs> you know, this looks like a Real, um, uh, Real Salt Lake kit. Mm-hmm. It does. The This kit oh. looks, this kit's fire, though. I like this one. I don't like that's, the badge in the that's middle. That's different. Though. That's different. I like the. I think the badge should be up over here, but that may be traditional oh, Argentina. Classic, classic. Yeah. This, this is nice. That's a little weird, but I like it. A little different, yeah. Outside the box. Uh, Wales, who's in our group, um, so far has the best uh, kit so far. <laughs> that that's super boring. That white um, kit is the same as ours. Less, it's even more boring. Eh. Poland, Nike kits, plain red, yep. plain white. The the sleeves though on the white looks kind of interesting. Belgium, the old school B, and then I like that. I like Belgium's kits; they're pretty. They're all right. Do you have the flames on the side or something? Uh, yeah, it's over here. Bag, I think, yeah. Ghana. Always traditional. Uh, I don't know what the heck this is. <laughs> the little square in the front. <laughs> that's where they're going to put the number, right? Yeah. Imagine that. Put... That's our home kit next year. <laughs> they oh, got to put something there. They got to put something in the square. <laughs> they got to put the Alamo or something. It's like school picture day. You got to put something there. Morocco with a solid kit on both mm -hmm. of them. Uh, dude, what is Puma great. doing? The red one's uh, good, but the white one, not so much. Iran, uh, Iran may have the best kits in our group here. It looks like here. The white one looks kind of sweet. A little slick there. And the red one's pretty solid. Uh, Got to give it to Iran. Korea. Is that pink or red? <laughs> what the hell is that next <laughs> one? No, what's that kaleidoscope one? That's that's Korea's. Uh, what probably that, the way one. No, home kits are a lot of red. Very little black. The way kits that, remind me of. Dan Flash's shirt. So <laughs> that's, a, that, that's like an acid trip right there. <laughs> it is out of control. Like, what the hell's going on? It reminds me of one of the guitars that one of the guys from Def Leppard has. It looks exactly. <laughs> All right. Next kit's uh, Matt's favorite team. Ooh, all right. uh, the blue one, I don't mind. Yeah, the blue one's okay. The white one, I just. I don't understand the blue coming down, how it comes through there. Um, the US US flag. And I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures with the with the logo from um the World Cup that goes right off to the side of it. Dude, that's trash, dude. It's 
What's even worse is look at the women's kit when they put the. It's like literally that FIFA logos, the same size in the same orientation as yeah, the championship. It's, it's so dumb. It looks yeah. dumb. But it's I said just, I wasn't going to talk about it, so scroll up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Matt says uh, looks like a Sunday league team. That's a Sunday league yeah. team you couldn't play for, buddy. It does, and your team, it does. And, and this Sunday league team beats your team. And Matt, the good news is, and when we're hoisting the cup with those jerseys, it still looks good. Yes. <laughs> well, let's worry about Mexico getting out of the group first. How about that? Uh, Saudi Arabia, not bad. Like the, the white kit with little hidden designs in it and um, jungle kit, I guess you could say. Yeah. Who is that? That's Nike. Uh, Senegal. Uh, don't know what to say, man. <laughs> it doesn't have the square. It has like a... <laughs> You put something in Ecuador's the running three of them. Oh, yeah, nice. it was marathon. Playing yeah, the blue one, the yellow and the blue. Blue looks pretty tight. Yeah, I that's like the pattern way. on the yellow as well. Yeah, the blue ones are a way jersey. The white ones probably their their third their third kit. Hey Matt, we're not talking about how long it took for you to get through college, eight years. <laughs> or the eight <laughs> times we beat you in a row. Dos a cero, senor. <laughs> <laughs> Netherlands. Netherlands is tight. That's not bad. Though. So here's my question. Everybody else is getting cold jerseys with Nike, except for the United States. What's up? Someone didn't Aust- pay their bill or something. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that decoration, that concept with the decoration of independence. Oh kid is fire. Dude, this is just like the United States here. Come on, yeah, Nike. It's, it's Oppo. It's Oppo. Yeah, it's like an Oppo. <laughs> Come on. The only difference is it doesn't have those little stripes on the on that on the exactly. sleeves. That's All right, no chance I wear this in public. Portugal, okay, Rafa, you're gonna have to explain to me what the hell is wrong with Port- Portugal's kits. They like wearing word kits. That's that's always been their nature. I like the white one. The this white one looks like the this the bottom one looks like a Sunday League team. Dude, yeah, it looks like terrible. it looks like one that you know. I don't know if you've ever played like. Uh, soccer games on, on your phone you can go get this kit on 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 the little mobile soccer games the little <laughs> half length you know half red half green or half whatever color you want that's what that is is that the ones from the it, soccer factory <laughs> it, it, it reminds you of that u.s kit where it's like blue and red and none of the stripes match up and it's like this <laughs> what's up with I, the that, sleeve was, that was way worse a little green on on the sleeve here the, i know i saw ronaldo wear the jersey he was wearing green shorts and i, I don't know better. The white, better? I, I like the white jersey a lot better the, but the this white one is not bad yeah, the white jersey is not bad but this one here it's not bad yeah and that i'm not a kit like, i'm not a kit guy but i wouldn't even buy aj that like I have a Portugal jersey, but it's a it's all maroon and but they have a little some green stuff, but uh, that wasn't uh, very good. That's Croatia. I already know Croatia. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I like Croatia's kits, dude. Uh, I think this is you know. I, I think the blue one's cool. Kits. The blue one's real cool. Yeah. This should have been the United States kit. Decoration this should have been the United States one. kit. Or the red checkerboard. Or the you stars know, and stripes, bring it back. You could have had instead of the like the light blue, you could have had the white, you get the red, red stripe. Yeah. But that should have been the United States kit. The way it blends in like that, that blue is, is pretty is pretty dope. 
Uruguay. Um, that's the that traditional. So Go back to that's, Uruguay. That's their tradition. That's oh. their traditional <laughs> kit, though, right? Yeah. Their yeah. traditional blue. Their their traditional home kit's always that light Carolina blue, or uh, for that here um, with it. So I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> that one's this, terrible. This. Uh, that's like. That's like Ghana, and the other ones you just looked at with the that's, little that's, center. Guess, that's gonna be our jersey. <laughs> that's gonna be our away jerseys next year for SAFC. <laughs> oh, I please don't know. They're gonna so put the, heard, fist, the fist of colors around. No, I heard for don't. Canada, they didn't even order kits. These are the same kits they've been in, right? Is, is the story that I've heard. They're not even getting new kits, and their kits like this is a T-shirt. Their white one, the T-shirt. I guess they uh, saw the U.S. jerseys. They're like, "Nah, we're just gonna keep these." The worst is that they had that hype press conference when they come out, and I was like, "Oh, it's like they just stop." <laughs> stop I don't mind the red one. I, you know, I like the 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 different color, the the lighter red, and the you know with the pattern. But this is just, dude. It's like get a Hanes T-shirt. You know, put the put the logo <laughs> yeah. on Nike. Put a big maple leaf on it or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something cool. Uh, Costa Rica with New Balance. Too. New Balance makes some decent jerseys, but this one's uh, those are okay. so not creative. That's so basic. I like Switzerland's. Oh, that one's I like. Yeah, oh, they're neutral. Trash. They're all neutral. <laughs> I decided to put this QR code on the Switzerland kit. <laughs> <laughs> that is so scary. That is so dumb. Yeah, you're not wrong. That is uh, weird. At least we're not at the bottom, but we're pretty close. The only reason why we're not at the bottom is because you know the you know SB Nation is a is a US is a US kit. Um, let me see her who didn't have to. <laughs> we have a That's, QR code. That's the only thing that saved us. Tunisia World Cup. Kit the U.S. needs to go to Hummel. <laughs> Hummel was nice too. Yeah, what's too late? Like, even though I bitch about it, I already ordered the blue one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a lemming. Just like sign me up. So this is Tunisia's Kappa. That's nice. That's cool. Kappa's always made nice jerseys. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, it's a magic carry yeah. in that one. Actually, maybe not. That says it. That's a nice. That's a nice jersey. Those are all right. Cameron usually has a pretty decent kit as well. They're with Puma. Oh crap! That's gonna be trash. Is what you're yeah, mostly about. mostly all the the African nations are they're sponsored by Puma. It's very rare. I think I think South Africa is like the only one that I think that they're with Nike. I believe. Mm, yeah, they haven't came out with the Cameroons as of yet. So, all right, Rafa, uh, what are we talking about? We got Premier League coming back this uh, this week uh, uh, with that, um, you know, with you know, last week they didn't play with the Queen, unfortunately, passing away um, for that here, which that was an interesting discussion. I thought it was the right thing to do because if, if a president had passed away, I don't know if professional leagues in the States would have played. Um, and the queen, especially a queen that's been around for 50 plus years. Yeah. Um, I do understand though, 
the thought of, hey, being able to go out to the stadium, being able to, you know, belt the national anthem, which they don't normally do, unlike us, um, and to be able to, you know, do pride like that, where um, this weekend with the funeral on Monday, um, they are going to play. Um, most of the matches, there are a few of them that aren't uh, being played, the, the, the larger matches that need more uh, security. Um, obviously, security has been stretched a little bit then. Uh, with preparing for Monday and, and with all the events that's going on over in England, but what uh, what are we talking about uh, on the world footy scene? Uh, we did have Champions League this past week. There were some interesting games. Uh, Barcelona laid another goose egg with Bayern Munich. Um, Tottenham had a setback. Uh, Chelsea had another setback too. On a, I think they had a tie. Um, mm -hmm. Real Madrid got a two-zero win without Benzema. So uh, one of the players actually, you know, it's kind of been coming up and keep an eye on him because he plays for Uruguay is Federico Valverde. He's been, he's been tearing it up and he, he may be in the next breakout star from South, you know, from, from South America and guys only 23 years old, but he's, he's a switchblade. He can play him up top midfield back. He, he scored two really good goals this week, one in champions and one in the league. So just keep an eye on him, and um, and also there was a uh, something came out today about uh, Vinny Junior's dancing. Uh, someone made a, I think one of the Spanish agents made a, a comment about it and used some kind of unchoice words, you know. And I think a lot of people are defending him. Even Neymar came out to defend him and say, hey, you know, there's no reason why you can't celebrate a goal if you want to do your little dance, do your little dance. You know, there really was no reason to make some some racist remarks over, over, over that, you know, because I say everybody celebrates their own way when you score a goal, you know, so you're, you're entitled to that. So looking at the standings here, uh, Napoli, uh, two wins, seven, one, uh, goal difference of plus six Liverpool, um, in second, you know, with, uh, negative uh, with three points, uh, Ajax with three points. Uh, I think Liverpool beat Ajax, right? If, yeah, two to one, I think. Um, and then Rangers, unfortunately, um, not not performing well. Uh, yeah, four four. Yeah, oh, Napoli. Oh yeah, Napoli roughed up on Liverpool the, the first match, and then yeah, they won two zero and three zero. So um, Liverpool Rangers and Ajax Napoli. So if you're Liverpool, you're hoping for Napoli to be able to get that win, or are you hoping Ajax uh, tightens it up. I think Liverpool needs needs to just take this win because Napoli. I think they're going to take care of business with Ajax. So I think Liverpool I think needs Napoli, a dose of confidence. Yeah, Liverpool's yeah. been in bad form in their league mm -hmm. compared to normal. So, this one I think is kind of surprising, right? With Club Rouge uh, in first place at two zero, Byron uh, Leverskun, um yeah, in second at third, Atletico. I think it's Atletico Madrid, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and third and Porto, which I thought Porto was a decent side. You know, I'm not you know, expert as you, um, but uh, Bruges roughed them up 4-0. I believe that was at home uh, for that here. So thoughts on Group B? Uh, that's a surprise. That Club Bruges from Belgium's in first place. I, I, I thought Atletico would be on top, and then Porto second, or vice versa. Uh, like I said, Atletico is not really doing well. They, plus, they have a big game this this Sunday against uh, Real Madrid at, at 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 Atletico. So they haven't, like I said, ESPN. I know ESPN FC had mentioned about them. They're not playing well, but 
going to give it Club Brewers, you know, they're on top and they win a couple more games. Like I said, they'll punch their ticket for the for the knockout stage. Group C, Byron, um, you mentioned they're the class. Uh, Barcelona, uh, 3-0, or uh, second with third, enter uh, with three. And then uh, the uh, bye week team, uh, in. So uh, to me, <clears throat> so Barcelona hasn't played Inter as of yet, right? No. So that that'll be kind of deciding who's going to be who's going to finish second because I think most everybody agree Byron's going to finish, uh, you know, in the group, and and we know Plazen uh, uh, will Either. be finishing last. It's just a matter between Barcelona and Inter. That that's really the matches of this group, right? Yeah. Whoever wins the pretty much the between the inner whoever wins a series between the inner and Barcelona is going to go to the knockout stage. Yellow is going to end up at the Europa League. Is it an advantage that the first match is away for or at home for Inter or in a way? I think Barcelona? so. If they can do a, have a really good result, I mean that put you know like I said, goal differential does. If let's say they tie up the series, goal differentials could come up uh, you know big in the, on this group stage, especially like I said. When you have Bayern Munich, they're also kind of pouring it on on you. You know, you want to kind of counterbalance your goal differential. Group D, Sporting CP, 2-0, Tottenham, 1-1, uh, and Frankfurt 1-1, and and uh, Marcel 0-2. Uh, um, Sporting CP, a surprise. Uh, they beat Frankfurt 3-0, and then they uh, roughed up Tottenham 2-0. Yeah, they're, they're the surprise there. I, I thought Marseille would – Marseille and Tottenham would be the, the class of that group, but got to give it a sporting, you know, they're not going in no fear. I still think, I still think Tottenham still gets into the knockout stage, but they guess that they got to be a little more consistent on these games. Uh, group E, uh, probably a little bit surprising. Uh, AC Milan. Well, this is a tight group of four points. Uh, Dynamo uh, Zagbred at three. Uh, Arby's uh, Salzburg at two, Chelsea at uh, one. Chelsea lost to Dynamo Zarbeg in, I believe that was the last match for um, Tuchel, yeah. Tuchel. Um, and then the, the Potter came in and uh, had a 1 1 draw uh, against uh, Ar- you know, Arby Sa- uh, Salzburg. Um, is this Milan's group to win, or is it still kind of anybody's game with uh, Dynamo? Uh, Zagbred kind of being a little bit more of a spoiler than anybody had anticipated. I, I think this is a for Chelsea. This this is a is do or die for them. They have to get a result against at, Milan. At Milan and and that and it's a home game, so they have to win. Yeah, they'd be game. home. Yeah, yeah they have to. Says that some of those road games can be rough, and those little <laughs> like those right, countries. But- I don't care. Here's the interesting twist: is that, you know the the middle set they play home, they play back to back, so they're going to play Milan on on the fifth, and then turn around um, and face them again on the eleventh. So, yeah, this but, is the, these are two two key games for Chelsea. They have to win at home and maybe get a tie at Milan to kind of kind of stay in the race to at least maybe for a second place. You know, Milan if, if Milan can. Get a tie at Chelsea and then knock them out at home. Milano won the group. Yeah, with their budget, there's no excuse. (laughs) So to me, Group F, it's not shocking that Real Madrid's in first place, but it is shocking that uh, RB Leipzig is in last place. I think Um, Shakhtar, uh, uh, Donek, Donek, 
uh, really roughed them up. And if, if memory serves me right, that's their, I forget the country that they're from. Ukraine. That's their Ukraine. That was, that's their first win in champions league history. If I remember that correct. Is that right? No, they've won some games before. before. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, they're proving a solid team. RB Leipzig, uh, and last at zero, uh, obviously Real Madrid at six, uh, Celtics, uh, got a draw, uh, got a draw. So one point, um, can uh, RB Leipzig get back into it or? It's going to be, they're going to have to really kind of step it up. You know, they're going to have, they got to, you know, get that win back from, you know, from Shakhtar and then they got to take care of business with Celtic to at least get to that second spot. I don't think they'll challenge Real Madrid for the top spot, but, you know, you got to give it to Shakhtar, you know, they got a good win at, at Leb- uh, Red Bull. You know, nobody thought they'd get a 4-1 win. So they're, so they're putting themselves in really good shape there in that group. And if they can get another, like I said, they, they have Real Madrid next. So, you know, like I said, they, that's they're in crazy. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that game's got. I think that game's going to be played in Poland, I believe. I think that's where uh, they're uh, they're playing. They're playing their home games at because of the war. Group G, Man City. Uh, Harlan's goal has to be one of the goal of the years. Uh, that that he scored it was a crazy. Dortmund at three, Copenhagen and Sevilla at one. Um, and to me, this is Man City's group to win uh, for it here, but. Uh, Dortmund Sevilla, uh, that's a pretty tasty match. Uh, how do you see this one kind of finishing for second place? So Sevilla needs to step it up. I mean, I, I thought they'd be more in contention with with Dortmund because it's going to be between those two. Like I said, I don't think anybody's going to touch Man City unless they just have a bad day, you know, and Fallon just just misses and so forth. But like I said, Man City can't get it done in the knockout stage, so I'm not worried about that. When they you get say that, that they've never had a they've never had a forward like uh, like Harlan. Well, I mean they had Gabriel Jesus and he's knocking some goals in for Arsenal. So, I mean, the, the... so PSG, uh, Benfica, Juventus, and uh, Josh Cohen, the American goalkeeper that played uh, at Phoenix Phoenix Rising. Uh, had a stop on Messi, although Messi did end up scoring. Uh, his team's, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, hasn't got any points. So it'll be interesting when they face uh, Juventus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this group's fairly decided, right? Or do you think Juventus can get back into it? Um, well, they gave him a good scare. PSG was actually down on that game, but and then they kind of got it together. Juventus is on a downward spiral. They're not doing well in the CRL as well. There's some problems there. Um this is probably a game for them that can they can probably steal, you know, the way their Juventus is playing poor ball. Um, Benfica, like I said, they're a great team. Like I said, they were in the knockout stage last this past year. Um, more than likely, it's probably going to end up being PSG and Benfica, and you know, coming out of the knockout stage. Well, that's Champions League here. Um, any other final thoughts that you guys have, or anything else that we need to touch base on? Let's talk about Josh Sargent with Norwich City, our new number nine. That guy's been on fire, on fire in the uh, England Championship. Well, I want to say I want to save the U.S. Men's National Team roster when when Royce is here, um, <laughs> and then we'll we'll go over that here. Just uh, Josh there, there is a there's a certain forward that plays uh, in Germany that I don't understand why he's not on the uh, on the roster, and Pepe is. I'll just 
Let's leave it at that. Is that Haji, right? No. Uh, was that PFARC? Uh, PFARC is really, uh, I, I know who they get, yeah. PFARC as well. But, why he isn't oh. Why he isn't on the roster and Pepe, who hasn't... Pepe had a lot of flash when he was in MLS, but since he's gone over to, to Germany, he hasn't he's done shit. Dead. I hate to say it. He's he hasn't dead. done shit. He's a dead. No, you're not wrong. He got blown down. He's, not, he's with the, some team with a G. I can't even pronounce it. He's in what in in, the, in Holland, right? Yeah, they loaned him out, and he hasn't done shit with that team he loaned out to. No production. And that, that's they showed, my, like, all that's, these guys scoring. That that's my issue is, you know, and I know this isn't. I don't think this is the final roster, but this is the one that you know you're setting things up. So. Yeah. And they have some games coming up, right, with the FIFA FIFA dates. Yeah, they have a couple. They have a couple. Uh, yeah, they, I think they're playing in Europe, right? Yeah. They have a couple in September. And Sergeant had never done anything with the U.S. national team. I was always cursing his name. You watch him, he's just like, they keep talking about He He never – and all of a sudden, he's on fire right now with Norwich. <laughs> he's like six goals in eight games or something crazy. Do you, do you think he can be able to do that with the U.S. side? or Because that's, been, that's some, been, it's been the, the knock on him. Yeah, Sometimes it's about system. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can plug some guy in, even Pepe or whoever. You plug him in a system, and it just does not work. And it could be – it couldn't trans- – it may not translate, you know? It's got to be chemistry. So nine, Japan, uh, September twenty third at seven twenty five, um, and then Saudi Arabia at one o'clock on Tuesday the twenty seventh. So, not the toughest, but uh, I, th- I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, they're playing the teams that have the similar styles within their group. Like I said, like Saudi Arabia has the same style like Iran, and like I said, Japan. Japan always they, they always have a good team, so it's it's going to be a tough one. And like I said, they have Kubo on that team, you know, so it's it's going to be a good. Japan's always disciplined and organized, and it's like there's not a star, but they like all are like yeah, it's a cohesive unit. It's kind of oh, and uh, for those keeping uh, track here, uh, already crowned uh, Memphis the winner. They're up 4-0 now in the 82nd minute, so I'm still fairly confident that they're gonna they're gonna pull it out. I think so. Carlson got a red card for one of their players slapping one of the Memphis players. He oh, did, did he? A, nice. Yeah, he did a Patino. <laughs> uh, has Murray already crowned him now, or is it Tampa? I forget which one he likes. He likes one. Of them. <laughs> it's like I'm over that stuff. I, I you know. Please, I know we give uh, Nicholas Murray some grief, but uh, uh, he does a good job putting articles out and, and doing power rankings isn't isn't fun. And, you know, I know he put Detroit City as number two, even though they're seventh in the East. Um, it, you know, it's calculated. It's calculated. He does that. <laughs> he does. It. It's calculated. He's almost yeah. admitted it on Twitter. <laughs> he does it for the he gets a rise out of us. And I was like, I'm not taking your bait anymore. <laughs> So, but yeah, I, I, I just do the emojis on it. Like, uh, okay. Uh, but final we'll thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said here, uh, I want to watch a little bit of wrestling and uh, finish the second half of uh, my high school is, is playing uh, to, uh, football here to see if I can follow them and see if they can uh, 
pull off the upset against Olathe. Yeah. Nice. It's like Darius put a comment. I think he said that Charleston got three red cards. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's true. They're, Memphis should be putting up seven on them. I don't think so, but let me let me see. It's possible. Charleston's undisciplined. Uh, they have one of the worst of away jerseys, too. It's like, I don't want to get <laughs> I actually don't mind it. I mean, I like the like, Hummel jerseys, but I just the way the pattern kind of looks doesn't look appealing. Like, yeah, like they they urinated on themselves. <laughs> kind of <laughs> like the New Mexico jerseys as well. Yeah, yeah. White ones. But don't say like the U.S. Uh, splatter one. <laughs> or whatever oh, it's called. Tie dye. Tie dye. Yeah, it's just like a kindergarten. Oh, a good idea. Oh, he is right. He is right. Oh. So Archer got a yellow in the fifth, and 66 got a second yellow. Harmon got a straight red in the 33rd. That was uh, probably the Chikoro 17th and yellow 17th, and uh, 59th. For that. So yeah, they're down. They're playing with what eight? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, eight. So they're probably playing like a four-two-one. <laughs> <laughs> they're just playing to get out of there. They're already running. Oh, they're down big, but they're taking bodies. Just parked so they, the bus. They lost their center back. They lost one of their wingers, and they lost uh, you know, what an attacking mid or you know a forward. Yeah, so basically this side of the pitch is open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no wonder you see all that red on that side. Yeah, they're just taking bodies right now. So, <laughs> you're like you're down big. If Charleston does come back to win this, uh, it would be the biggest comeback in history. Uh, you know, you know, playing eight on eleven um, <laughs> and come back uh, for Troy Muse's dad will will not uh, live that down. If if uh, or pardon me, Trey Muse's dad will not live that down if uh, he does do that. So, but. That's it for me, guys. Uh, anything else that you guys have that you want to do before we get out of here? Final thoughts. Um, well, shout out to Stendhal. Happy birthday. It's his birthday today, so shout out to him. Um, and this final thought, like I said, going to Saturday, like I said, big big game, you know, because it's, it's, it, is, it is like a – I think it's becoming a rivalry game with, with New Mexico um, with that little history we have with them. And we, if we can pull this off, get the no three points and – inch closer to not, you know, clinching that number one seat for the Western conference and also that supporter shield. And so you have nothing new on Saturday. Come, come, come fill out the stands with us and come cheer with us and, and see, just see if we can get the three so, points for Saturday so night here, and also on Tuesday. Here's a question for you. Like last week's game was attended pretty well. How thin of a crowd, and I'm going to say thins because I think it's going to negatively impact the game. UTSA at UT kicking off at seven. How much, you know, we know there's t-shirt fans and diehard fans on each side that, that come to, to uh, SAFC games. Uh, but that's what, I think that's the first, I believe it's the first UT, the UTSA match uh, for that here. Um, Darius also mentioned there's a game at Heroes at seven. So um, parking will be interesting. So get there early. Get there at five. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I got there at six thirty uh, this last week because I yeah ended up taking um, AJ and three of his teammates. The tailgate area was packed. I'm not sure what happened, 
but it was jam packed with the you know i had to park through here and i thought i was going to get blocked in because you know the kids started screwing around about the 80 85th 89th minute and i was like look you're not even watching the game let's just get out and meet the parking so um because they were hungry so we ended up going to dairy queen but your thoughts on the attendance on this match um going up against ut uh utsa i think maybe a younger crowd's going to be up there but also you know getting the tickets at 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 UT's, it's it's difficult to get it. So, I mean, maybe the, a lot of them are going to stay home watch watch the game on TV. But you can't. Well, unless you got the Longhorn Network, that's the only way yeah. you can watch it. So it's not even yeah. on a decent. Like I can't watch it. I don't have the Longhorn Network. So, unfortunately, you know, for me, uh, like Austin FC matches, uh, they're blacked out. So that'll be pretty much blacked out uh, for me as well. So. Like, like, just like uh, this last game was dollar beer night. So just like the Monterey Bay game, <laughs> that seems to like attract like the more casual. Same with dollar beer night and the Rampage game. I would go watch that. I don't care shit about hockey. <laughs> so it's like the missions, dollar beer night, dollar, you know, so it, it tends to like fluff the crowd. So hopefully. Well, they're, giving pennant, they're giving a pennant to uh, the first 2000. I already saw the picture of the pennant, like SAFC. And then it had this Hispanic Heritage Month on oh, there. Oh, nice. That so, might help. So that might that might help, you know, unless they're doing well. It is because today is Mexican Independence Day. I know some cities do have like like um, celebrations like tonight or, or or Saturday night. I know like in my hometown, they have a they're at the, one of the plazas. They had like a, pretty much a party the whole weekend, so for a celebration for that. So That's awesome. So, but we still need fans. Like I said, the fans need to head out there. You know. You know, we need we need to get support these guys. Like I said, we're winning, we're first place. We need to kind of get a crowd that's going to intimidate the other teams, and then, and that's what we've been lacking the last few. You know, this year. All right, guys. Uh, any final thoughts that you guys have here? Uh, Matt says Market Square is having one um, as well here. Any final thoughts for you, Robert? I know Rafa, you just did yours uh, for that. I mean, the big thing is stay hydrated, stay humble. Everyone show up, show out. You know what I mean? Like, uh, may the best handball win. And uh, hopefully we can teach these guys a lesson from last time. So let's go. So my final thought, number one, safe travel to all the New Mexico fans traveling. Uh, they typically travel pretty well uh, for that David Carl, uh, uh, the owner, Peter. Uh, you know, like I said here, uh, first-class organization. I know, you know, we give them grief um, for that, you know, just like we give uh, Phoenix uh, grief here uh, for that here. But uh uh, safe travel to any New Mexico fans. Uh, like I said here, uh, catch out, uh, catch Somos Moss on there. They just had their 101st episode um, uh, this past uh, this past week here. Uh, fun group with Jacob, Earl, and Seth. Um, Robert's team Earl. I'm more team Jacob. But uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> after they both stood us up tonight, you're not lying. Um, you're not lying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hope everybody has a great night, great weekend. Uh, we'll try to see if we can get a show on uh, either Sunday night or Monday uh, to preview. Number one, talk about this game and preview uh, the Colorado Springs match. It just may be a quick, you know, two, three person, you know, two, three person, or it might just be me uh, to try to get something out there uh, for that here. Um, if you can, please like and subscribe to, you know, on the YouTube's uh, channel or, uh, you know, through the podcast drive. Uh, if you can leave a rating review if possible, uh, it helps the show. Um, hope everybody has a wonderful evening. What's life without goals? And uh, we'll see you guys later. Night, guys.